Welcome to Sports Scene with Steve Russell. Let's talk some sports and have some lunch on ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM WRUF. We welcome you into a Wednesday edition of Sports Scene, ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM WRUF. I'm Steve Russell. Time to eat some lunch, talk some sports. Seth Harp is producing the broadcast today. We thank you for making time out of your busy day to talk sports with us. Lots to cover today, um, but I'm going to start on kind of a nostalgic note uh, for some Gator fans. But, you know, you look at the, 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 the opener that Florida has, a top 10 ranked team comes to town. We've not seen that here in a long time. A long time. Matter of fact, let's go back to 1969 when a nationally ranked Houston team came in to face the Gators. And I think there's a lot of parallels between this game with Utah and that game with Houston. Who better to talk about it than Gator great wide receiver Carlos Alvarez who joins us. Carlos, good to talk to you. How are you? I'm doing great, uh, Steve, and hope you're doing well. I am, and I appreciate you doing this. Carlos, take me back, because the reason why I think there's a lot of similarities here, uh, you, as freshmen, you could not play on the varsity back then, but you you were familiar with the 68 team. You know, last year's team was supposed to do well. It didn't. Wasn't that a similar case with the 68 team? Yes. Um, you're you're right on on the similarities that the uh, that 68 team was supposed to be a very good Gator team, um, but like you know, in in many instances when when a when a good team fails to live up to its expectations, something happens that probably uh, normal fans uh, don't know. And I think for that Gator team, uh, the great running back Larry Smith, and we had a run-oriented offense in '68. That changed in '69, but we had a run-oriented offense, and he hurt himself. Uh, in the preseason, and he wasn't really 100%. Um, and so um, they had a very disappointing year, uh, even though they, it was 6-4. and four. It wasn't the worst, but it was not really what was expected. Um, and um, so coming into 69, um, not much was expected, really, because 68 had been such a, uh, such a, dis- uh, a disappointing year in terms of expectations. So, yes, the similarity is there. All right. So you have a, a nationally ranked team in Houston coming to town. Uh, when when you guys were preparing for them, Carlos, what did you see with this Houston team? Well, we saw a team that had scored 100 points against, I think, Tulsa <laughs> the year before. And uh, – uh, we hadn't seen this yet, but they were about to score in a couple of more games, 70 against Mississippi State. Um, and um, really, as a team that was ran that VRT to perfection, in fact, I think they're the ones who really created it uh, to, to the tune where it was really, really effective. Uh, and so they had an incredible uh, offense, and they had a very good defense. Um, and um, it was... Um, I don't like to use the word scared because I don't think you 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 I, I don't think you as a player you get scared, but I tell you we had a lot of respect for Houston, 
and nobody was giving us a chance. And when I say that, I, that word is often overused, nobody, but I truly, nobody was giving us a chance. They were ranked number one by Playboy magazine, and um, they were certainly in the top five or six of just every uh, possible poll, and we were not. Uh, we were ranked as one of the worst teams coming in. Um, and um, I like to say that uh, they were ranked number one by Playboy. And uh, just as a fun fact, that the Gators were ranked number one as a number one party school <laughs> by Playboy at the same time. So, um, you, you know, those are not the kinds of things that you want to compare <laughs> when, you're, uh, when you're facing this incredible Houston team. You know, Carlos, one of the things, though, I think that sometimes gets overlooked is preparation and knowing the other team. Fred Pancoast was somebody that you give a lot of credit to as far as game planning for that Houston team. Can you discuss that a little bit? Yes, and Fred was our offensive coordinator. Uh, He was also the quarterback coach um, and uh, our offensive coordinator. And the game plan that was set up for Houston was unbelievable in terms of how, how great a game plan that was. And not only was it a great game plan um, uh, in terms of the actual execution of it, but as the offense, uh, we thought that that was a great game plan. It gave us confidence that if we ran this game plan um, – we, we would we would have success. We, we didn't realize how much success we would have, but my goodness, we thought we would have success. And um, to me, that was crucial. And, and really, Fred Pankos is a guy who probably is forgotten by Gator fans, but as far, as, especially that 69 year, because after that, um, we had a coaching change, but that, that 69 year, the job that he did, um, with that Gator offense and with John Reeves to make John just a, you know, I mean, John had incredible athletic ability, but to coach him through as a sophomore, never have played in the varsity before, was just one of the greatest coaching jobs um, in, uh, in Gator history. And, and let me say this, I mean, we, we were lucky in that not only do we have that side of it, sort of the, the cerebral side of, of um of a great game plan. We had the emotional side of a great game plan because we had the great Gene Ellenson, who was the defensive coordinator who um, gave uh, an, what, what we have all uh, the, the 69 team is always called the impossible dream speech the night before the game. He got us to an emotional level that I thought I had never, I had never uh, experienced, and I thought it was incredible. I mean, an emotional talk, a World War II veteran talking about the Battle of the Bulge, and how brotherhood forms in the heat of battle. And he, you know, he clearly said, "This is not war." You know, uh, this wasn't, but that the emotion and the kind of feeling you got to have in order to have success as a group you got to be there for your brother. And he was in the Battle of the Bulge in a very tough situation where it looked like his position was going to be overrun during the night and three or four um, of his fellow soldiers and him held the the hill. And I will tell you, as a Cuban kid, I wasn't even an American citizen then, it was like I was listening to John Wayne (laughs) telling us, we're going to charge that hill. I'm telling you, and it's the truth. I'm not making this up. It was like America 
shows up the day before the game and tells me we're going to take a <laughs> we're going to hold that hill, and not only that, but we're going to take some territory. So the emotional level that and the emotional level too was heightened by the the senior class that we had, which was an unbelievable senior class, great team captains. You know, right before coaches leave the the locker room and they get in front of all of us and tell us that everything is on the line today. I mean, truly feeling that that was uh, the best. So it was tying all the what I call the cerebral stuff. The you know, you got to be smart. You got to you got to be smart in terms of the the game plan and all of that. But then also tying the emotional end, which is such a key part of football. Our guest, Carlos Alvarez, Gator Gray, talking about that 69 game. The Gators now facing a ranked team in Utah. They faced a ranked team in Houston back then. Uh, you told me, Carlos, that even up big at the half, it was like, uh-oh, because you knew how potent this Houston offense was, right? Right. So, you know, we're 38-6 at the half. Um, I mean, <laughs> they're in shock. I mean, Houston is in shock. We go into the locker room, and you would think, "All right, we're all back and saying, hey, 'Hey, done good.' <laughs> you know, we're 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 good here." Uh, that locker room still felt we could lose this game. Really, when you see a team score a hundred points a year before, uh, that doesn't leave your mind. And uh, like I, you know, two games later, I think it was two games after 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 our game with Houston, they scored seventy on Mississippi State. I mean, they had this potent offense that when it got going, it was impossible to stop. In fact, the only game we lost in 69 was against Auburn. Guess who faces Auburn in the Blue Bonnet Bowl at the end of the year? Houston. Houston destroys them. I mean, just destroys Auburn like 30 to 6 or something like that or 38 to 6. But it, but it just shows you how powerful they were and how at halftime, we still thought we could lose this game. So we came out in the second half, and all of a sudden, Houston does put up a couple of scores. And, uh, and uh, I mean, you know, everybody's eyes got, got bigger. Uh, but then um, we put the uh, pedal to the metal in terms of the offense. And uh, at the end of the game, uh, we, had a, we, uh, we won by a good margin. But the fans who were there that day, and they say that, uh, you know, there's never been so many fans come in at halftime for a Gator game ever. But the fans that were in there for that game got their money's worth. No I doubt. mean, we, you know, overall, uh, you know, almost 100 points scored, uh, long passes, short passes, and they saw an offense. If, if you knew offenses, they saw a Florida offense they had never seen, and it was a pre-Spurrier offense, you know, that had a lot of the Spurrier uh, types of um, offensive schemes uh, that people had just never seen before. I can tell you that um, the, the, the offense, I, uh, I forget, I think it's, we scored 59. The offense didn't play most of the fourth quarter. Um, it, it was that, that, that big a difference. And at, really by, by the end of the third quarter, I could run any route I wanted and be open because they were so confused, wow. you know, from end around, end around passes to, uh, you know, you know, just setting up, uh, and a lot of Gator fans remember the third play of the game because we we I went for a 70-yard touchdown pass from John. But that was set up, and we knew about this. I mean, this was, you know, we talked, we had talked about it. We would set it. They, they played a two-deep defensive backfield, and their corners were really tight, but they were defending on their defensive backs to cover deep, especially down the sidelines. 
So we ran two plays. We get the ball. We run two plays on the right-hand side, um, to the right-hand side, so that the left side of the field is getting bigger and bigger. But I am lining up each time just a little bit further out, closer to the sidelines in each play. So the first play, and then the second play, and then the third play, where we're going to go for it deep. I'm lined up, you know, probably at least seven or eight yards further than I lined up on the first play. And that was to trick the safety into thinking that we were doing exactly the same thing, that I was lined up the same way. Mm -hmm. But by the time I got past that cornerback, it was too far for him to reach. You know, I mean, uh, three or four yards makes a huge difference uh, in that kind of a situation. And uh, by the time he got there, it was too late. And But that was thought of. That was uh, something that was part of the, the absolute game plan on how to do that. And then from then on, we had wheel routes, uh, you know, to Tommy Durrance, um, uh, all kinds of, you know, like I said, we had a, a tight end around that uh, uh, Guy McTheny, uh threw the ball to me. Uh, it was <laughs> it was fabulous. So uh, great game plan. I got about 30 seconds left. Um, you told me about Elmo Wright, who ended up playing in the NFL that you became friends with. Did, was he the first one to do a dance in the end zone? Tell me that story. Yes, uh, he he caught a touchdown pass uh, during the game, and he, he caught it around the five yard line. And the defensive back, uh, our defensive back, threw himself at him, but uh, he was behind him. And then Elmo picked up his legs really high to make him miss his ankles, and he was just high stepping it, and he was just high stepping it into the end zone, and just danced right into the end zone. The fans went crazy. The Florida fans just. <laughs> booed him and all of that but that was the first time because then he he got notoriety um through the rest of his history about dancing in the end zone but that was the first time he did it he told me about it that that was the first time and it was impromptu because of that particular situation so and that's the first dance of any football player pro or college who that's the, the first one was done in florida field houston 69 and uh, there was a New York Times article about it where, where Elmo uh, uh, spoke about it. Um, but it's a great little piece of history uh, that that first dance happened at Florida Field. And it was really impromptu by Elmo, a great guy. I got to know him in the All-American teams and a uh, wonderful guy. And, um, but, but anyway, that's the story. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing that. And <clears throat> thank you for sharing your time here, Carlos. And hopefully the outcome come uh, September 3 will be the same as it was in 1969 when the Gators faced a ranked team coming into the swamp here. Thank you, my friend, for doing this. Yeah. Uh, thank you, and definitely uh, go Gators. All right, Carlos, thank uh, you. Gator great. Carlos Alvarez on Sports Scene. 1218, time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. The flagship of the Florida Gators, ESPN, 98.1 FM, and 850 AM, WRUF. Gator Nation, if you can, please step up and give a helping hand to the Road Heaver Boys Ranch in Palatka. They exist through donations of vehicles. So if you have an unused or unwanted car, truck, RV, boat, please consider donating it to the Road Heaver Boys Ranch. Now, if you don't know what this facility does, they house at-risk young boys from troubled homes, and it's sustained by donated vehicles. These kids learn real-life skills by repairing the vehicles and then reselling them. 
Your donations are tax deductible and go a long way towards helping a really great cause. Your generosity does a whole lot of good. For more information, Google Boys Ranch Palatka or go to rbr.org, rbr.org, and learn more. Melden Law has been dedicated to giving back to our community with programs like Law Talk Live on the Sky every Saturday at 1030. You can also join our podcast, Melden Law and Friends, every Tuesday at 4 p.m. on Facebook, YouTube, and 37 other audio platforms. Melden Law, the only official injury law firm partner of the Florida Gators, now with offices in Gainesville, Ocala, and Lake City. We're all on this planet together, so join Odyssey and find your one thing. While summer is a great time for recycling, some summer items should not be mixed in with your curbside recycling. Items like garden hoses, plastic planters, pool toys, squirt guns, and lawn chairs are generally not recyclable and are best donated to charity. If you have a question as to whether an item can be recycled, look for the recycling triangle and number, usually on the bottom of the product. Join Odyssey, and together each of us doing one thing makes a greener tomorrow. What's your one thing? For Circuit Judge Sean Brewer, 24 years of legal experience seeking justice. John Brewer has prosecuted crimes throughout our circuit. Robbery, manslaughter, crimes against women and children, and murder. Sean Brewer for Circuit Judge. Proven, experienced, committed to justice. For over three decades, Sean Brewer has called North Florida home. A husband, father, and community volunteer. John Brewer will support the U.S. Constitution and all amendments. He can be trusted to faithfully and impartially interpret the law. Sean Brewer. He has endorsements from North Florida sheriffs, prosecutors, and the Police Benevolent Association. For Circuit Judge, vote Sean Brewer. Learn more at backbrewer.com. Paid for by Sean Brewer for 8th Circuit Judge. Beat the heat. Here's how to stay cool in hot weather. Buy a boat from Polaris of Gainesville. A tube, toss out a lure, take a cruise. Tahoe fiberglass runabouts and deck boats help families escape. Look at its saltwater fishing boats. Mako combines the spirit of adventure with a legacy of trust. Nitro fiberglass boats are designed to make you a champion. Tracker's all weldom aluminum boats, powered by mercury, have helped families catch fish and make memories for 40 years. Buy a tracker boat from your authorized tracker marine dealer, Polaris of Gainesville. Visit polarisofgainesville.com. Polaris of Gainesville is looking to buy your used power sports vehicle right now. If you have a boat, ATV, side-by-side, -side, jet ski, or motorcycle of any maker model, we're paying top dollar right now. Turn that dust collector into fast cash now at Polaris of Gainesville on Highway 441 between Gainesville and Alachua. There is only one handball coach, and you can hear him every Tuesday right here. Steve Spurrier joins Shane Matthews and Steve Russell every Tuesday morning at 11 a.m. live to bring you inside the huddle. And while I got your attention here, let me say something. The HBC's analysis, thoughts, and opinions on everything from the Gators and the SEC to the national football landscape. God has smiled on the Gators, no question about it. Right here on WRUF. We are your home for Tampa Bay Rays baseball. You're listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world. 
with the WRUF radio app. Sports Scene with Steve Russell continues here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. And on your phone with the WRUF radio app. Always try to give Santa Fe College some love because they have athletes. They compete too. They've got a brand new volleyball coach. And uh, Bailey Coleman's going to join us at the bottom of the hour. In the meantime, we'll take your phone calls, 392-8255. You can email srussell at wruf.com. That Houston team uh, featured Robert Newhouse as a running back, and he was not the featured back on that team. Elmo Wright, NFL, had 60-something catches, and a budding tight end who would play in the NFL named Riley Odoms. In fact, they had two tight ends that played in the NFL in that team, Riley Odoms and Earl Thomas, and that's the team that Florida just destroyed in that, in that opener. Uh, so you just you never know, uh, you know what's going to happen when it comes to that. Um, all right. I'm sorry, but i got to get something off my chest here. As somebody who's in the media. Now, let me just say this. The media is far from perfect. Let, let, let's start with that premise, okay? I think we all know that. But did you see the lawsuit that was filed, Who, and this is from Patrick Reed, who is alleging defamation by the Golf Channel and one of the commentators on the Golf Channel, okay? The, 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 it also says that they conspired with the PGA Tour and its commissioner to defame him since he was 23 years old, which, by the way, is nine years ago. He says that they misreported information in reckless disregard of the truth, with actual malice, purposely omitting key material facts to mislead the public and targeting Reed to destroy his reputation, create hate, create hate and a hostile work environment for him. Now, back in 2020, Reed's lawyer sent the broadcaster a cease and desist letter demanding he not repeat accusations that he cheated during a tournament. Now, the fact of the matter is Reed was penalized two strokes for improving his lie there, but he claimed he didn't intend to do so. Well, how do you improve your lie and not intend to do so? Could, could somebody who golfs please Answer me that question. If you pick your ball up and you move it, right, what are you doing? Why would you do that? You do it to improve your shot, do you not? You don't do it just to move it. I think I'll just move it today. Okay? Now, I will say that the Golf Channel dude and Reed, you know, head-to-head criticized him for leaving for the Live Tour. But this is the thing. Reed is saying 
that the guy's opinions, and that's what they are, opinions, have led fans to heckle him and call him a cheater. Don't athletes get heckled all the time? Don't they get booed, rightly or wrongly, all the time? So now, if somebody's doing an NBA broadcast, for example, and says, wow, I don't understand. Kevin Durant's terrible. He's not playing very good basketball. Are you going to sue him because he says that? If this thing ever sees the light of day in terms of something going against this guy and the PGA, we're in for a world of trouble. We're in for a world of trouble. And we'll see where this goes. But again, and he, and the, the suit even says his opinion. Well, I mean, can you, and look, this is far past my pay grade. Can you defame somebody? I think you can, yes, you know, verbally. But if I have an opinion that says, I think, Seth, you were wrong for leaving the PGA Tour and going to live, how's that defaming him? I don't know how it defames you. When you are, well, what was the famous Supreme Court case? Uh, I can't remember what it was. Was it, it wasn't Carol Burnett versus the National Choir, but it was basically, if you're a public figure, people, you, you don't have the same luxury of anonymity as a regular person, right? So you're going to get criticized. That's why tabloids can say, Jennifer Aniston's pregnant, right? That's why they can get away with that stuff. Yeah. So I, I, Steve, I, I look at this, he should go talk to Greg Norman. I mean, good, great, an athlete that says, you know what? You don't have the right to say anything bad about me ever. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It, it is. is. 12:29 time check brought to you by Hayes. Shirley, we'll get your thoughts on that. We're going to hopefully talk to Santa Fe College's new volleyball coach next ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. From the heart of campus and the College of Journalism and Communications on Stadium Road, ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Back to school means back to routines and, of course, back to school shopping. And while spending on outfits and supplies can be stressful, Radiant Credit Union can help you out this season. Every time you use your Radiant Credit Card from July 22nd through the end of August, you'll be automatically entered for a chance to win a $1,500 statement credit. Just swipe your credit card and we'll handle the rest. You have enough to do, like avoiding the PTA parents in the drop-off line. Stop by or visit radiantcu.org slash rewards for details. No purchase necessary. Federally insured by NCUA. Daughtry Tree Service has been voted Our Town Magazine's favorite local tree company for 2020, as well as the Newberry Business Hall of Fame for the third year in a row. Call us today for a free estimate. And remember, at Daughtry Tree Service, there's no tree too tall. We do them all. One of the best things that's happened here over the past year, the arrival of QC Kinetics. Hey, it's Steve Russell. QC Kinetics is giving relief every day to folks here with chronic joint pain using the latest advances in regenerative medicine. They harness the power of your own body's healing properties, like in your blood or plasma, concentrate them, and apply to your affected joint. The results can be mind-blowing. These regenerative treatments are designed to repair and restore your damaged joint tissue with no drugs, no surgery, no side effects, no steroids, and no downtime. The success rate's incredible, and they're growing fast. They started with one medical clinic now, 
There's clinics in Gainesville, Ocala, and in the villages. Don't continue to live with that nagging joint pain. Discover the exciting all-natural, advanced natural options that we now have access to thanks to QC Kinetics. For a free consultation, call QC Kinetics now in Gainesville, Ocala, and the villages, 352-400-4550. That's 352-400-4550. Everyone knows how beneficial therapy can be, but traditional therapy can be overwhelming, confusing, and inconvenient. When scheduling in-person therapy, it can be difficult to find the right therapist near you, and it can take weeks to get on their calendar. We knew there had to be a better way, and that's where BetterHelp began. I'm Danny, co-founder of BetterHelp Online Therapy. When Alana and I started BetterHelp in 2013, our mission was simple. Find a way to make professional therapy accessible, affordable, and convenient for everyone. BetterHelp works around your schedule and lifestyle. You can connect to a therapist by phone, video call, or even text message. You don't even have to turn on your camera if you don't feel comfortable. And if your therapist isn't the right fit, you can switch anytime with the click of a button because BetterHelp is designed with you in mind. See why over 2 million members have trusted BetterHelp for online therapy. Go to BetterHelp.com slash you first and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash you first for 10% off your first month. Hey, it's Steve Russell telling you about my friends at Dick Mondell's Burgers and Fries, where better ingredients make better meals. You love the great food like the classic burger, their great salads, and a 100% all-natural chicken burger. And now, back in season, the Key Lime Milkshake to add to their already great flavors. And don't forget, Dick Mondell's looking for new team members, looking for competitive pay, flexible hours, and paid vacations for serious service-oriented workers. Come build the freshest burgers in town by contacting jobs at Dick Mondell's from the UF Weather Center, here is your WRUF weather update. It has become much more humid out there. That's going to help heat indices to get into the lower 100s before storms really start to kick up and cool things down by the evening. Storms becoming scattered to numerous during the late afternoon, persisting through the evening, especially along the I-10 corridor, also eastward toward the first coast. Locally heavy rain rates and local flooding possible. I can't rule out a few damaging wind gusts today, too. In the UF Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Megan Borowski. And now... Dan Patrick Show. Dan Patrick. The Commanders traded for Carson Wentz. He's 29, and you would think at that age you'd have it all figured out. I don't think that's the case because the head coach of the Commanders, Ron Rivera, admitted that Wentz has experienced some accuracy issues throughout camp. Okay. The Dan Patrick Show. Dan and the Danettes and you. Weekday mornings at 9, right here on WRUF. We are proud to be your home for Gator soccer. Spins and fires! Gators on top! You are listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. This is University of Florida President Kent Fox, and you're listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell, right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. In the not-too-distant future, about a week, Santa Fe College is going to begin its 2022 volleyball season, and they're going to do so with a brand-new coach. Bailey Coleman is that person, and Bailey now joins us here on Sports Scene to talk about her new gig and her team. Coach, good to have you. Welcome, and thanks for doing this. Hey, good afternoon. Thank you for having me. You got it, Bailey. Um, First of all, what attracted you to this job? 
Oh, I just think the community and the support um, the athletic department has in just the history of Santa Fe um, is just all around a championship program. And I think, sorry, CG. <clears throat> and I think, uh, you know, that was just a, a big attraction to the school. Um, tell me about your team. Oh, we're doing good. Um, they are just super competitive right now in practice. Uh, we had our first scrimmage against Valdosta State last weekend and um, kind of showed us our strengths and weaknesses, but uh, all around athletic. and We've got some things to work on, but um, I'm super excited for the season. Um, I don't know much about strategy with volleyball, Bailey, so forgive me if I ask you a dumb question, but I'm going to try here, okay? <laughs> no problem. Uh, um, you know, I... I so, uh, do do coaches have systems in volley? You know, in football, well, I run this offense mm-hmm. or I do that. What about in volleyball? Do you have a certain system that you want the kids to learn? How does that work? Yeah, so there's usually two systems, um, like a 5-1 or 6-2, depending on the setter and the offense, just like around a quarterback um, in football. So, you know, I do it de- depending on what athletes we have. Uh, so I'm not stuck to one or the other. Um, I want to be the best we can and whatever you know players we have so i can move it around and um it might be you know one game this and one game that so we train both um and kind of just see especially in the beginning uh what makes us more successful um the history of the program there has been good it was not a good year last year i would imagine these kids are chomping at the bit to change that around (laughs) right oh yeah definitely Um, i have a huge sophomore group we have about um 10 girls and uh you know they're ready to fight we're ready you know, our goal is to get back into the district tournament um, and get back to that national tournament as well. So they are definitely putting the work in. And, uh, I mean, they're super competitive practice, and they hold each other at a high level um, in practice as well. So uh, they de- they definitely want a better season. You've got a good mix here. You've got, you know, some local kids from Gainesville or mm-hmm. Newberry or wherever, and yet, you know, some other kids. So is the mix, is, is the mix good? Is the uh, chemistry good with this group? Yeah, um, you know, we've been doing a lot of, you know, we're in week three of preseason. So we've been doing a lot of team bonding, um, trying to get to know each other, get to know my system, build that trust for the buy-in. And the girls, you know, are just taking it all in. But having those different backgrounds from all around, and we've got, you know, North Carolina, not just in-state, but out-of-state kids. And then we have uh, Brazilian as well. So kind of bringing that all in um, from different perspectives and different training, I think that's, that's helped them bond for sure. Um, what got you into coaching? <laughs> um, I've come from, oh gosh, a line of coaches. Uh, I guess probably my dad. Um, he played Tennessee, or he had played football at Tennessee. So he's been in, in coach college and high school. So he's been in the coaching game for a while and then got out. But it's kind of just been ingrained in me since I was younger. Um, and I always knew I wanted to be a coach, you know, starting off little um, since high school. Um, you know, it's just kind of always been there for me. Um, what are some of the teams you'll play? If, if people don't know about the, the league that you mm-hmm. play in, so to speak, Bailey, tell us about that and, and what some of the competition will be. Yeah, so um, we're in a super competitive conference, um, junior co- college. We're D1 junior college, um, and they just came out with a ranking for the top 20. So four of the teams in our conference are the top 20 in the nation. So um, like Hillsboro down in Tampa, Miami-Dade, Florida Southwestern, um, down south. Uh, we have we play St. John's, which is in Palaka, um, and some schools in Jacksonville. So 
four, you know, out of the eight teams in the conference are in the national, um, you know, top 20. So we, we've got a long, hard road ahead of us, but uh, we're excited about it. Um, you know, we're the underdogs right now. So the expectation of the other teams might be low and hopefully we'll shock somebody. Final question. What's the best yeah. part for you, Bailey, about being a coach? Oh, my gosh. Um, seeing the <laughs> girls. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. Um, seeing the girls, I mean, when it clicks, you know, when they start in and it's freshmen and as they grow throughout the years and all of a sudden they turn around, coach, I got it. You know, just that moment of like, oh, my gosh, I totally get what you're talking about. And it just clicked for them. And then it's just natural from then on out. Um, I, I, I mean, I thrive off of that. Um, and I just love the, the bond you have off and off, off and on the court. Um, you know, it really is a family and uh, I strive to have that. Um, and you know, just that bond and that when they get it, um, it's, it's pretty awesome to see. Well, coach, I wish you a lot of success. Uh, we'll get you back on as the season progresses and, uh, when's your first match and all that? Tell us, tell us that. Right. Yeah. So first match is coming up, um, Wednesday, eight twenty four. Uh, we play Lake Sumter um, down near Leesburg. Um, that's our home opener. And then we have a tournament Friday and Saturday. Uh, we play Pensacola State on Friday night. And then we've got a team from New York coming in. So we have two games on Saturday. So we're going to start off strong at home. So that will really help us, I think, build our confidence. Well, I wish you a lot of success with your group. And uh, thank you for taking time to tell us about them. Yeah, thank you so much uh, for having me. I look forward to the next time. Okay, Bailey, thank you. Bailey Coleman, she's the brand-new coach of Santa Fe College Volleyball. Uh, All right, Uh, until we get a guest at the top of the hour, we will open the phone lines for you, 392-8255, and you can email uh, srussell at wruf.com. Seth is going to take the phone calls. Uh, Tomorrow, uh, a conversation with former Gator football coach, Dan Mullen. Next week, Urban Meyer here to preview uh, the college football season and talk a bit about Utah and Kyle Whittingham, a guy that obviously he knows well. Uh, That's coming up sometime next week. In the meantime, man, what's happening? What's going on, Steve? Uh, I ran into our good buddy Dan Mullen the last week over at Target in Oxford, Alabama. Okay. Yeah, because he was headed back to Mississippi. Yeah, his wife and his three kids with him. So he said he, he hoped the Gator, Gators do well, and he hated it didn't work out. But hey, he got to move on. So I said, all right, you had a, you had one or two good years, and we appreciate what you're doing. At least most of the Gator fans do. <laughs> yeah, there's a but, few uh, that that don't, but that's how it always is. Oh no doubt, no doubt. But as far as though, uh, Matt Stinchcomb, I saw his uh. Gators, he predicted the Gators to go six and six, and I know we've got a lot of hate mail, but it is what it is. Everybody got an opinion right now, Steve. And I tell you what, I give you my opinion on the SEC East prediction. Number seven, I will go with Vanderbilt. Baseball starts pretty soon. Number six, I go with Missouri. Ain't got Dan Miller to pick on anymore. Number five, I go with South Carolina. Beamer's a dreamer if he thinks he's going any higher. Number four, I'm going with Kentucky. I don't. I'm not buying the hype just yet. Number three, I'm going with Tennessee until they beat the Gators again and play some defense. I'm not going to pick them any higher. And number two, I go with the Gators. I believe in Dollar Bill. I think he's going to reveal the Gator train. And number one, I go with Georgia, like Rick Flair said. You want to beat a man, you got to beat the man. I think the Gators got a good chance. Steve, you have a good day. Okay, Gator man, thank you.
we go. Williams says, all this from Patrick Reed's a message to the Golf Channel to simply say, stop talking about me. Is it as soft as cotton? Yeah, but I don't believe he's doing anything further than posturing. I'm a relatively young guy. I'll tell you, we live in an era of soft and weak as it pertains to athletes. It was truly pathetic when Russell Westbrook and his wife were whining when Skip Bayless called him Westbrook. You know how you stop the media from talking negatively about you? Play better. However, as I've told you, the whole live versus PGA is a yawn at this point. I, I, I don't think it is. It, it, it's fascinating is what it is. Because if, if you take it just at what it is, I, I, and if you're not a golfer, yeah, okay. But there's bigger issues here, okay? And, and this is one of them. There's bigger issues here. You know, Tiger Woods sort of rallying the PGA, you know. Anyway, um, Barkley made a point. Need to be really careful when we start criticizing where other paychecks come from. Where do we think the shoes on our feet come from? How they were made. A lot of people criticizing live guys are pretty hypocritical, especially Mr. Nike, Tiger Woods. Okay. Uh, we'll get Greg here. Greg, hi. How's it going? Good. All right, yeah, uh, I think in the last couple of days you were talking about, uh, you know, college success as a quarterback versus NFL success. So I've been thinking about the Alabama quarterbacks because I'm an Eagles fan. I'm watching Jalen Hurts. Mm -hmm. Also curious about how Tua Tagliovia's uh, career is going to go. Uh, so my theory is these guys, they, they, they have these dominant wide receivers when they're in college that have two steps ahead of uh, the defenders – so when they get to the NFL, uh, adjusting to the fact that they're they're only going to have one step ahead of the defender, it's it's just not. It's a hard thing for them to uh, adjust to. Similarly, like with Tim Tebow, where he got used to just being able to run through the line, and then when he gets to the NFL, that's not an option. It's like the whole the whole mentality philosophy. It it, uh, it breaks it it doesn't translate. So they're great in college. The NFL is a different thing, and uh, I, I'm sorry. Well, I mean, it, it is a different thing. I'm, I'm a big history guy, <clears throat> and look, I don't think Alabama fans really care, nor should they, how somebody does in the pros because they're worried about how they do, you know, playing for Alabama. I get that. Um, Mac Jones, Jalen Hurts, uh, Tagalayavoa, okay, they're currently playing. But the last guy that I would say was a, you know, bona fide NFL quarterback of any length, probably Richard Todd. I mean, think about it. A.J. McCarron, McElroy, uh, Brody Croyle, they were all right, but, you know, they weren't big-time players, and that's, that's the point I was making. That as good as Alabama is, they've not had great NFL quarterbacks. What's that mean? Nothing. Just a, just a little factoid. Okay? All right, Greg, thank you. 1246, time check brought to you by Hayes Jillowee, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Gator Nation, hear it here first. ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Folks, the good people at Southeast Car Agency at 310 Northeast 39th Avenue know how important the purchase of a vehicle is. It's a lot of money, and you don't get to just 
trade them in at a whim. You want to get a car that's hopefully going to last you for a while, and it's going to be relatively maintenance-free, and that's what they have strived to do since the Cousins family began this business 40-plus years ago. And all they've done in that time, that's all they've done, is give you the best alternative you have to purchasing a new vehicle, the best in late-model, low-mileage vehicles. Go online, secars.com, you'll see them, and you'll see the pertinent information about them, including the price, obviously. If you want to go see them in person, test drive them, go to Northeast 39th Avenue in Gainesville, and you can do just that. And their terrific sales staff is there to help you, but never to hard sell you into purchasing a vehicle. When you go see them in person, make sure and tell them Sports Scene sent you to the good people at Southeast Car Agency. Fall season is almost here. Time to let Electronics World upgrade your home entertainment so you can enjoy all the big games this fall. Hi, this is Tom Collette. Score big with a new Sony 4K Ultra HD TV or a custom-designed, professionally installed home theater from Electronics World. The winning team at EW can put you right on the 50-yard line in your own home. Come visit us today and see for yourself. Just off Newberry Road, west of I-75 near TJ Maxx or online at electronicsworld.net. Hi, this is Dr. Luis Rodriguez of Exceptional Dentistry. Hear what our clients have to say about their experience at Exceptional Dentistry. So I have a full upper dental implant and full lower. The bottom is removable. So I had everything removed and replaced. I take them out every day, clean them, and put them back in. They snap on securely so you can eat with comfort and everything else and you don't have to worry about laughing and them coming out. <laughs> I was dumping so much money into like replacing each individual tooth. I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to find an alternative. I love it. <laughs> I can smile a big smile now and not have to worry about missing teeth. It's a great place. I highly recommend it. This is Dr. Luis Rodriguez, and if you think you have dental problems that are too big to overcome, we're here for you. Please visit us at exceptionaldentistry.com. That's exceptionaldentistry.com. As a small business owner, you've got aims to do. That's why the UPS Store is here to help. From printing to shredding, even mailboxing, you can get every ing your small business needs all done in one trip, saving you time for all your other ings, like professional photo taking or just enjoying family dinner. The UPS Store, every ing for small business, all in one place. The UPS Store. The UPS store locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours may vary. See center for details. The following is a commercial announcement. Your local radio stations are here for you. No subscriptions or monthly fees necessary. We're here to give you the news, weather, and traffic you need and the music you love. But if the foreign-owned record labels get their way, it could stop the music. They want Congress to force radio stations to pay them more money simply to play their music. Don't let radio go silent. Text LOCAL to 52886 and tell Congress to protect local radio stations. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. We are all on this planet together. So join Odyssey and find your one thing. August is a great month to help out the environment by improving your gas mileage. Make sure your tires are properly inflated and heavy items like golf clubs aren't stored in your trunk. Take your car in for a tune-up to ensure it's running at peak performance. And when the weather is nice, walk or bike to your destination to enjoy a beautiful summer day. Join Odyssey. And together, each of us doing one thing makes a greener tomorrow. What's your one thing? The Dan Patrick Show, weekday mornings at 9 
right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. And now, more sports scene with Steve Russell, here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, and online at WRUF.com. Welcome back to Sports Scene, 392-8255. Marshall, hello. Steve, thank you so very much for having Carlos Alvarez on. Uh, <clears throat> quite the hero for those of us, you know, learning football in those days and watching that bunch. But it brought up a point. There really isn't video out there at that time that we can see today, like, once ESPN started broadcasting games, for some reason, a lot of people put that on YouTube. Right. Do you know if anybody ever videoed? I'm sure the football team did, but had video of the 69 team? Because they were, they were very different than a lot of that era. Well, defined video. If you're saying a television broadcast, uh, probably not. But Florida, I mean, when, when they did this, the... Uh, the ESPN network did a special on on Alvarez. They showed quite a bit of footage of him playing for Florida in 69, 70 and 71, but I'm sure 99% of that was from Florida. Because the Georgia game that year that was a 13-13 tie was a national broadcast. And the Gator Bowl game when we beat Tennessee, that was a national broadcast. Mm-hmm. I guess because people didn't make copies of it, it probably didn't get around. Yeah, I mean, I think you can get it on a DVD, you know, probably. Um, but again, I don't, I don't know. But I mean, to answer, I mean, the question is easy to answer because there wasn't as much, there, there weren't as, as many games broadcast. And usually if you shot the game, it was because you did it for your team and, you know, your scouting and all that, and that's, that's as far as it went. All right. Well, again, thanks so much for having him on. His description of that day is very, quite vivid. Yeah, he, that's why. I mean, he remembers a lot. Uh, and I've gotten emails and texts from people who were at that game. Um, and there's a lot of similarity to this game that's coming up against Utah because, again, the year before, the Gators were expected to do pretty well and for whatever the reason did not. Uh, even though the coach was the same, nobody knew except those who watched the freshman team, you know, what Reeves and Alvarez and that group were going to do. Same with this bunch. We don't know what Anthony Richardson and this bunch is going to do offensively. So a lot of similarity. That's why I had him on because there's a lot of similarity to this. Thank you very much, sir. Okay, Marshall, thank you. Byron, Hello. Hey, Steve, thank you for taking my call. Just maybe to help that caller out, Steve, back in the days, and you probably remember, Steve, I don't know what happened, but oh, every Sunday morning, man, I, I'm in the 70s, I'm a teenager, this is how big of a Gator fan I was, Doug Dickey and those guys would have a show coming. Oh, yeah. I forget the guys who interviewed them, and it would be like the breakfast with the Gators. They'd come on about 10 o'clock, and, and even just to show you how, that's why I was saying Jacksonville was a big recruiting ground. Vince Dooley's show, I used to love watching him. He'd come on in Jacksonville, which the Gators show would come on. 
and even Bobby Biden and some of those guys. But uh, that's how you could see the highlights, and that's how I knew Carlos Alvarez and a lot of those old Gators, Dubos and Jimmy Do. And, oh, man, we went with uh, Nat Moore. But let me keep going, Steve. Man, it's, it's great to be a Gator. I'm ready for football season. Steve, I'm a real positive person, and uh, I'm not bashing the NFL, but I just want to be in I'm going to just say this. I'm a Tampa Bay Bucks fan. And so I'm not really trying to be a NFL basher, but a Buccaneers fan. Number one, how the heck Antonio Brown left being injured last year and walked off the field in your town with your Jets doing some kind of hand wave, not limping, but and then say he needs surgery, but he's wanting to come back to the Cowboys. Mr. Jones or Jerry, sir, I'm telling you, that guy is a problem. I wanted him to come to Tampa, but Steve, if you disagree, Antonio Brown is a virus. And second, Steve, Alvin Kamara, not being negative of the brother, Steve, but he beat somebody up at the Pro Bowl, knocked this out. I, I told Seth to check the story out. My thing with the NFL is Ray Rice hit a lady in the elevator, too, and he didn't play anymore. How is Alvin starting? Because I'm a Bucks fan. This year, when I thought the Bucks would run over the league because the Saints would be dropping, but, uh, you know, Steve, that's how we do it, man. Just kidding a little bit, Steve, but that's the thing to think about. Ladies, I wonder why. Go Gators! All right, <clears throat> Byron, thank you. Um, when Kamara uh, had that fight, wasn't it in Las Vegas, someplace like that? Um, he's going to get suspended. Just a matter of how many games and when. Um, so I think now just got to figure out, you know, what that's going to be, but he's not, how do I want to say this without sounding condescending? This is not unusual. I mean, it's, it really is a minority and it's a, but when something like this happens, it's going to get coverage it should and people will be called out William says <clears throat> can you get Lauren Shahadi talk about <clears throat> the Major League Baseball race, races being a Gator grad she's very knowledgeable on MLB Central every morning with Mark DeRosa and Robert Flores as her co-hosts uh, Lauren is a Gator grad Lauren has been on here before and uh, we may have her on again uh, she's she's good, and she's also uh, and does a really nice job there. <clears throat> John says, "What's the most positive, impactful play in UF football history?" He said, "When answering the question, impactful must include it being a great, exciting play, and it directly resulting in an outcome which had some major effect." in UF football history. Thus, a play early in the game really could not be included as you don't know what would have happened had the play not occurred. I don't know what that means. It can be early in the game. You, you can make a play early in the game that sets the tone for the entire game, and that's a positive outcome, right? If, if, you, if, if you're playing a team that's ranked higher than you, and they drive down the field, and they go for it fourth and goal and miss it, and you turn around and score a touchdown and gain the momentum, that's a, that's a, that's, that's a positive play. 
that occurred early in the game and could have changed the fortune of the game. So just because it happened then doesn't mean it's not important. He says it's the Doring touchdown against Kentucky. Well, that's the one that's always going to get remembered because of what Mick did, right? And look, what history shows you, what if, I get this all the time, what if Florida had lost that game? Okay, do you really think that Spurrier's tenure would have collapsed? I don't think so. Uh, anyway, good question, but I, that, that's, that's really hard to answer. But if you want to attack it, we can do it in the second hour. ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. I'm Steve Russell, back with Hour 2 of Sports Scene. WRUF Gainesville, U251CG Gainesville. From the Spurrier's Gridiron Grill Studios, we are ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Airlines have just reduced their prices even more. Book 30 days in advance and save big. Want the absolute lowest prices on your airline tickets? Then call the low-cost airlines travel hotline right now. For prices so low, we can publish them anywhere. The only way to access our low rates and save up to 70% is to call. Save hundreds on your vacation tickets by calling right now. You can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go and pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at Low Cost Airlines. 802-341-4542. That's 802-341-4542. Everyone knows how beneficial therapy can be, but traditional therapy can be overwhelming, confusing, and inconvenient. When scheduling in-person therapy, it can be difficult to find the right therapist near you, and it can take weeks to get on their calendar. We knew there had to be a better way, and that's where BetterHelp began. I'm Danny, co-founder of BetterHelp Online Therapy. When Alana and I started BetterHelp in 2013, our mission was simple. Find a way to make professional therapy accessible, affordable, and convenient for everyone. BetterHelp works around your schedule and lifestyle. You can connect to a therapist by phone, video call, or even text message. You don't even have to turn on your camera if you don't feel comfortable. And if your therapist isn't the right fit, you can switch anytime with a click of a button because BetterHelp is designed with you in mind. See why over 2 million members have trusted BetterHelp for online therapy. Go to betterhelp.com slash you first and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash you first for 10% off your first month. Welcome to Sports Scene with Steve Russell. Let's talk some sports and have some lunch on ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM WRUF. Hour 2 of Sports Scene for this Wednesday commences now. I'm Steve Russell. How are you? Thank you for making time during your busy day to join us and talk sports here on Sports Scene. Seth Harp is producing the broadcast today. Uh, in our continuing partnership with the Gator Collective, we're going to bring in Gator track star P.J. Austin, the junior, and get to know him a little bit better. 
PJ, thanks for doing this, man. Welcome and thank you. Hey, Steve. Thanks for having me, man. You got it, PJ. Uh, dude, you're from L.A. And uh, yeah. you're, an area, you're a long way to Florida. So tell us how you matriculated here. Uh, yeah, it's a uh, short story. I used to go to um University of Arizona my first two years there, you know, a little closer to home. But then, you know, I wanted to uh, take track serious and get better, so I felt like Florida was the right fit. So, you know, I just uh, came over here for track, and uh, it's been good ever since. Yeah. When you say, I'm curious, when you say you wanted to get serious, how, how, did that, how do you mean, in other words, you know, go more into it? How do, you, how do you mean by getting more serious about track? Yeah, like I started tracking in uh, high school, sophomore year. So, you know, when I was at Arizona, I was still, like, new to the track world, and I really didn't know that much about track. So, you know, I was just doing it to have fun and uh, get a scholarship. But then when I started getting more involved into it, I wanted to take it more serious and pursue a professional career in track and field. So I started getting more locked in and taking it more serious in every aspect. What's your favorite event? <laughs> That's a hard one. I have to say, I think the hundred meter. Okay. Uh, dash. That's probably my favorite, and then four by one is like right there with it next to it. Yeah, that, I mean, you were the SEC outdoor champ in that, you know, so that certainly I could understand that. When did you kind of know you were good in track? Um, freshman year, twenty eighteen, twenty slash twenty nineteen season, I was a uh, long jumping. I jumped twenty five two, I believe. And you know, people start telling me like once you jump twenty five you're starting to like actually jump. But they start telling me like I have potential in track, so you know, I just believed them. I I didn't know much, but yeah, that's about when I realized. Twenty nineteen. Uh I've known Mike Holloway, I've known Mouse a long time. How was he uh to have as a coach? Oh, yeah, Coach Miles, Coach Holloway, he's great. You know, I really uh, clicked with him when I first got here. You know, I just bonded with him. He's like a great mentor outside of the track. He wanted to see you win on and off the track. Make sure you go in the class. Make sure you're growing in the sport and as a person. So I really like him. He's like, he installs a winning culture in us. And uh, I think that's why the program is so good because he's a great coach. You know, one of the things I think is great about track not just all the championships that, that Mouse has won, but, I mean, both on the yeah. men's and women's side, P.J., y'all are really good. Is the competition within the team itself kind of interesting to be around, too? I mean, that, that must motivate you as well. Yeah, it's definitely motivational, you know, waking up every day, uh, going to practices and going to the weight room and hanging around those other people on the team. We got great talent here at Florida, so... Being around those great athletes, it just motivate me to want to be better. And we push each other. You know, we we talk a little crap every now and then, but <laughs> it's all to get it's all to get better in the end. <laughs> I hope I hope this isn't a stupid question. Do you train differently in your events if it's indoor versus outdoor? Um, that's not a, a bad question. Um, not really because you know we don't have an indoor track here at the University right. of Florida, so. We train just we train outside like more of outdoor, but when we go in the indoor, it's not really that much of a difference. It's just you know different events, but we still prepare for indoors, yeah, just as well as outdoors. Um, from a educational standpoint, PJ, what are you in school for, and what do you want to end up doing? 
you know, I started off uh, being in uh, sports management, but when I came to Florida, uh, I was taking, like, some classes that, that, you know, Arizona didn't really matter that much. So right now I'm in a uh, major. I'm in geology. Wow. But I really, yeah, it, it's it's kind of interesting. I, I It's not that bad. But um, <laughs> when I, <laughs> when I uh, after, after track, uh, you know, after professional and all that, I wouldn't mind seeing myself as a coach, staying involved in the track world. I really love track, so if I could become a coach or anything, you know, that would be good with me. Um, when you were a kid, what other sports did you play? I played basketball all my life, actually. Like, that's my main sport. I love basketball. And then uh, freshman and sophomore year of high school, I played uh, football, too. Last question for you. On the team, um, and I, like I said, I've known Coach a long time, and I love what he seems to tell you all about your expectations and about what your role is and about what you're supposed to do. He's pretty matter of fact. I mean, he expects championships. He expects you to perform at your highest level. Am I wrong in saying that? No, you're not wrong. Yeah, he just he just expects you to do your job. Like, you know, if we go out there and do our – he always tells us, if we go out there and do our job and do do like we do, like – Run like the Gators supposed to run. The championships and the SECs and championships and all that don't speak for itself. But he just wants us to go out there and execute at a high level every chance that we get. And he really tells us that in practice. So that's why when we practice, we practice in like it's an actual track meet. So when we get to the meets, it's nothing new. It's like stuff we've been doing. I did think of one more question. Um, do you set goals? Yeah. You know, the, the, the new season's going to be coming up here. Do you set goals for yeah. yourself? How does that work? Yeah, I have a season goals, you know, every year. You just, you know, one of my goals is just trying to be better than I was the previous season, always trying to elevate myself. But, yes, I have goals every year that I set to try to, you know, push myself throughout the season to achieve. Um, I did. NIL, is that important to you? Are you supportive of that in terms of, you know, trying to make a little money on the side or whatever? Is that something you're involved with? Yeah, I'm trying to get more into the NIL aspect of the uh, collegiate sports. You know, they just started, so I'm still getting used to it. But, yeah, I, uh, I definitely like to get involved in more stuff, uh, not just for the money, but just to get my name out there and, you know, get more people involved with track. You know, track not that big of a sport, so it's just fun to get a, grow your audience and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm definitely interested in NIL things. Okay, well, I can tell you one thing. PJ's part of a track program under Mike Holloway that has won national championships galore, both on the men's and women's side, and PJ part of that. Thank you for taking time to talk to us, PJ. I appreciate you doing this. Thank you for having me, Steve. You got it, man. I'll Thanks. You when, you, when you see Mouse, man, tell him hello. Oh, yeah, I will. Okay. Definitely. Thanks, PJ. PJ Austin, uh, jumps, sprints uh, for the Gator track team. I really enjoy doing those. You get to know the kids a little differently. And, uh, you know, there, there may be some, some athletes you normally wouldn't uh, get on here. All right. Um, it's funny, Seth, how sometimes a question will elicit response. Uh, Vince says, two impactful plays to the other uh, person's email. Uh, one early in the game, as you suggested, and one at the end. The Brandon Spikes planting no Sean Moreno against Georgia. That definitely set the tone in that game. And then the end of the game, Jarvis Moss, the kick block. 
Yeah. Okay. Good ones. Good, Vince. Stewart says there have been maybe 20 or 30 plays like that. He says Spurrier's game-winning Heisman-sealing field goal in 66. The trophy opens doors in football. He may have been a few years and done. He may have never had the opportunity to eventually coach. Well, I don't agree with that. I mean, does winning the Heisman the only way you can coach? But, I, I mean, I get the point. Uh, and he does say, where would Florida be now without the head ball coach and his legacy? That's certainly true. I mean, there's no question about that. And don't forget, uh, speaking of the head ball coach, uh, he and the Gator QB, Shane Matthews, the new Gator radio analyst, Shane Matthews, back for Inside the Huddle. Our first one will begin Tuesday. So we look forward to that. And Shane will be here in studio on Mondays as well with me. Um, so we look forward to yet another football season. Don't forget tomorrow, uh, if everything goes right, we'll hear from former Gator football coach Dan Mullen, now be working with uh, ESPN. And uh, starting that role, uh, you'll hear him talk about, I asked him what went wrong last year, uh, about the NIL, all different things. You'll hear that as well. Uh, all right, let's get some calls. I know today's not a day that's got just, I will say this, as when the Mets took four out of five from the Braves, what did I tell you? It ain't over. What's happened the first two games of the series? The Braves have won. And the Mets have lost two more starting pitchers. Walker left the game yesterday, and then Carlos Carrasco is hurt. I'm telling you, you just don't know. Lucas says, um, he says the most important play was Danny the Doring, but uh, he says Shane to Ernie Mills against Alabama because of what it, it led to. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of ways to look at that. Uh, 113, time check brought to you by Hayes Chillery, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. This is Hub Brown, Dean of the College of Journalism and Communications here at the University of Florida, and you are listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. You know, folks, the decision to buy or sell a home is obviously not made lightly. A lot goes into it. Uh, do you have to move? Do you have a new job? What's the market like? You know, all of that. Well, if you're thinking about selling your home, and waiting for the right time, you're not alone. Because, again, that's a big decision you have to make. Finding your next home can be tricky. And the realtor I trust to help me and that will help you is Scott Caldwell with your Home Sold Guaranteed Realty. Why risk leaving money on the table with just any agent? He has a nearly 20-year proven track record and expertise to help you not only sell but buy your next home. His name is his promise. Your home sold guaranteed realty. He has guarantees and thousands of exclusive buyers in his database, creating higher demand, multiple offers, and taking the hassle out of selling. So, got questions about buying or selling? Scott Caldwell is the guy to talk to. 352 209 0000. 352 
209-0000 or visit CaldwellHasTheBuyers.com. Hey, Steve Russell here for the Road Heaver Boys Ranch in Palatka. This facility houses at-risk young boys from troubled homes and is sustained by donated cars, trucks, boats, RVs, or any vehicle. Donations tax-deductible and go a long way towards helping these boys learn real-life skills by repairing the vehicles and reselling them. A real win-win. The Road Heaver Boys Ranch has been helping boys for over 70 years. They need your help. So please consider donating your unused or unwanted vehicle. Google Boys Ranch Palatka or go to rbr.org and learn more. We know that we can depend on Gator Nation to step up when you're needed. The Roadheaver Boys Ranch has been helping at-risk young boys from troubled homes for over 70 years, and they need your help now more than ever. So please consider donating your car, truck, boat, RV, or any vehicle to help these boys. They learn real-life skills by repairing them and reselling them to sustain the facility. Donations are tax-deductible. Cash donations accepted also. Google Boys Ranch Palatka or go to rbr.org to learn more. Thanks again. What QC Kinetics is doing for people here in Central Florida is nothing short of amazing. If you have joint pain, any joint pain, you need to call QC Kinetics. They are the nation's leader in regenerative medicine, giving lasting relief with no surgery, no drugs, no downtime. QC Kinetics started with one clinic last year, but the demand has been so strong they now have clinics in Ocala, the Villages, and now in Gainesville. Modern advances in regenerative medicine allow these medical professionals to take the remarkable healing properties from your own body, concentrate them for maximum power, and put them directly in your aching joints so your damaged tissue can be repaired and restored naturally. So many people are living their best life again pain-free thanks to QC Kinetics. If you have pain in your knees, hips, back, shoulder, don't let them keep you on steroids and don't believe surgery is your only option. Call QC Kinetics now in Gainesville, Ocala, and the Villages. It's a totally free consultation. 352-400-4550. 352-400-4550. QC Kinetics. 352-400-4550. For Circuit Judge Sean Brewer, 24 years of legal experience seeking justice. John Brewer has prosecuted crimes throughout our circuit. Robbery, manslaughter, crimes against women and children, and murder. Sean Brewer for Circuit Judge. Proven, experienced, committed to justice. For over three decades, Sean Brewer has called North Florida home. A husband, father, and community volunteer. John Brewer will support the U.S. Constitution and all amendments. He can be trusted to faithfully and impartially interpret the law. Sean Brewer. He has endorsements from North Florida sheriffs, prosecutors, and the Police Benevolent Association. For Circuit Judge, vote Sean Brewer. Learn more at backbrewer.com. Paid for by Sean Brewer for 8th Circuit Judge. This August, we want you to remember to keep children safe as we return to school. Always stop for stopped school buses and obey signals from crossing guards. Remain alert and do not use your cell phone in school zones. And remember that car seats and booster seats only work if they are used correctly every time. Do your part to help keep us safe on the roadways. Brought to you by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles. For more important safety tips, visit FLHSMV.gov. From athlete activism to athletic achievements, we have you covered. Your home for every important sports story. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. 
It's the Dean of Sports Talk in Gainesville, Steve Russell, on ESPN 98.1 FM at 8.50 AM, WRUF. Welcome back to Sports Team. Let's take some phone calls. Tennessee Mike, you're up. Hello. Hey, Steve. Um, got a question going back to yesterday's show and a question about NIL and academics. Um, Steve, you were talking about Justin Herbert yesterday towards the end of the show, and um, you made an excellent point that I'd forgotten that the Chargers, didn't they lose to the Texans late in the season last year? I have no idea. I, I, I believe you mentioned that yesterday, but you we were talking about how Justin Herbert failed to make the playoffs last year. And I got to thinking about that Week 18 game with the Raiders. And uh, both the Raiders were trying to run the clock out, Steve, and both teams were going to go to the playoffs on a tie. Yep. And and the Chargers coach called a timeout, and Basaccia decided, well, he'll run a play off the left side. He went for about 40 yards down the left, left side, and they kicked the field goal to win the game. But it was – clearly established that the both that the Raiders were playing for a tie and pretty much Brandon Staley screwed the pooch there um, trying to win the game. I guess you could say it's no harm trying to win a game, but he, let's face it, it was Brandon Staley that screwed up that Raiders game. I have a hard time holding that against Justin Herbert, the way that last ball game shook out, because if that game ended in a tie, the Chargers were going to the playoffs. Yeah, well, it's history, but that's that's what yeah, happened. That's how it is. Yeah, but don't you think it's kind of a little unfair to hold that against Justin Harbour for missing the playoffs last year? Well, you can't hold – I've never believed you hold something against one person in a team sport, right? Yeah. If the Buffalo yeah. Bills get to the Super Bowl and the kicker misses the, the kick, I get it, right, because that kick could have won the game. But what happened in the game previously – you know, guy drops a pass or, you know, misses an assignment. That that doesn't ever get talked about. It's stuff like that. So sometimes that, that when, when people point fingers like that, I think it's a little bit unfair. Yeah, and you were uh, correct. He did have some stinkers down the stretch, and I believe they did lose to the Texans, as I think you mentioned yesterday. Hey, last question for you, Steve. You're talking with the track guy there last segment, and you asked him about his academics or what he's studying in school. And I got to think and say, more and more of these talking heads are saying that there's probably going to be dropping the charade about requiring these guys to go to class and stuff. How far off do you think we are on that? Oh, um, I, I, here's what I think. I think the first thing that's going to happen is that there'll be unionization of the players. I think that's going to happen within five years because I, I just see that, that that's where this is going. Okay? If that happens then stuff like what you're talking about, I think, just follows suit. So I think that they're going to have to get NIL straightened out. They're going to have to figure out what the landscape is of college football in terms of how many teams and what conferences and what they can do about the smaller and all of that. But then, because look, the players in the, big, in the Big Ten contract, which is going to be a billion-dollar contract, They've already gone to the league and said, we want part of the television money. So this, this is already already starting. Yeah. Uh, what about this, Stephen? I'll clear out on you. I can't remember maybe outside of Vanderbilt, Baylor, Duke, something like that, the last time I heard of a player not getting eligible, uh, getting into school due to a test score. 
uh, I'm talking the last two or three years. I can't remember any of these schools. They all, all these great schools have exceptions. I can't remember the last time I heard of a guy not getting in because of the ACT. And I'll probably say in the last two, three years, of course, with COVID, Steve, I can't remember the last time anywhere, any school, I heard about a football player flunking out of school. When's the last time you heard about a football player flunking out? I agree. Hang in there, Steve. Okay, thank you. Yeah, that's certainly true. Uh, Tim, welcome to the show. Hey, Steve. Uh, good, good call. A uh, little little baseball for you. A couple things. Um, the Orioles, man, uh, they are coming out of nowhere. They're what hottest team in the second half of the, of the year so far, right? I mean, and, and they, look, I've always liked the Orioles um, because I love their uniforms. Number one, um, and they have a rich history. You know, if you go back right. to you know Brooks Robinson and Jim Palmer and, and Earl Weaver and all that, and then the Ripken. Um, but what they're doing. I, I think baseball has become a bit watered down where, you know, you've got the big market, big spending Dodgers, and then you have a whole lot of teams like the Orioles and the Guardians and the Twins that are sort of, you know, in, at the fringe of the playoffs. But the Orioles have done it with so much less. And, Tim, they cleaned house. And they didn't clean house. They made. They, they didn't help themselves when people thought they were going to add. Instead, they subtracted, right. and they're still in right. it. That that's yeah, very they, unusual now. I've been very very impressed. I, I don't. You know, I follow baseball closely. I don't honestly watch a ton of Orioles, but you, you can't help but see the scores all the time. And conversely, what's going on with the Yankees? You oh. know, I'm delighted. I, I couldn't be happier. So <laughs> that's great for me. Um, but then the Braves and the Mets, man, you know, what I'm seeing is that both teams play their best at home and, and both teams highlight what they do best. The Braves didn't play well in New York because they weren't hitting home runs, and that's what the Braves do. So they weren't scoring. Um, the Mets were conversely putting the ball in play and making things happen, which is what they did great in New York. Now, down in Atlanta, the Braves are hitting home runs, and, you know, the pitching situation hasn't helped the Mets any, but – they're also, you know, they're, they're striking out left and right. Vogelback seems to be returning back to more of his norm than maybe his first two, three weeks with the Mets. And, you know, I, I think this might continue on for the rest of the year. I still think the Mets will probably hold on to the division. But it's um, it's just interesting to see how when they each play to their strengths, I want to see what's going to happen. Because so far it's been one team playing well and one team not, honestly, it seems like to me. Well, I mean, first of all, Morton last night was very good. But yeah. the Mets and, and look, I think this is this is it's not just them, but watching the Mets a little more this year because they've been on television more because they've been better. When and look, a lot of teams struggle against good pitching, but the Mets especially seem to that they just can't manufacture runs. And I don't mean just with the long ball; they just have trouble stringing hits together. I think they had three or four hits last night. And that's yeah. been their trouble. They they can't manufacture runs, so they're going to have to win games. You know, now now when Scherzer pitches and when Degrom pitches and Degrom pitches, right? I, I mean, mean benefit, you can right. score a couple and win, <laughs> but other than that, I mean, the Braves I think scored what five last night. I think it was five nothing. Yeah, yeah, I think it was five. Um, so yeah. I mean, you know, okay, but the Mets can't. They can't manufacture runs. If they don't go long ball, they struggle. Yeah, and then last thing on, on the baseball front. Uh, Brady Singer, um, man, yep. he's having just a great quiet year, and I, I worry honestly that he's going to be wasted in, in Kansas City because I don't see the future of Kansas City turning around like it has in Baltimore in any way, shape, or form anytime soon. 
Yes, um, since so, they sent him to the minor leagues for that little tweak, he's been great. Right. And I, honestly, you know, I don't know how long he's on his contract and stuff, but I thought somebody might come fishing for him at the break. I mean, before before the trade deadline. Um, but I guess not. So, because, you know, if you, I know people tend to rent older arms, but man, if you can go out there and get yourself a young arm like that who's honestly been quite dominant for the last two months, that, that would have been. A move I would have tried to make as a as a GM, but hey, that's why I'm just a guy sitting in line to pick up a <laughs> kid from school. So anyway, all right, Tim. Thanks, Steve. Yep, thank you for your call. Uh, let's bring Corey and hi, Corey. Hey, Steve, how are you? Good. Hey, man. Let me preface this by saying I do think the Mets are a better ball club this year, um, barring any injury. So, what does New York think about Anthopolis, the Braves GM? Because you know we don't have a good TV deal, which is the reason we don't spend like some of the teams. Um, ironically, Ted Turner gave us that TV deal, and he's a TV guy. But anyways, um, you know, Anthopolis keeps locking down these guys yep. early. Like, he just signed Harris to a $72 million eight-year deal. Yep, saw you that. Know, it's a gamble. And, you know, and he's got Acuna for, Acuna for basically pennies, like $10 million a year or so. Um, so what does is, what is other teams around the league, because, you know, I'm from Atlanta, so all I hear is what we, we love him. What, is other, what do other uh, – organizations and fans think about Anthopolis or do they know anything about it? I don't know that fans do um, mm-hmm. because I think, you know, unless you follow a team, right, you're probably not like, in other words, if, if I said to you, who's the, who's the owner of the Mets? I don't know. Right. But you do know the owner of your team, but I do think around the league, if you talk to baseball people, then they know you know, the executives that seem to be, you know, making the right moves. I mean, for the Mets, it was pretty simple, right? They had ownership that wouldn't spend any money. Now the ownership right. spends money like a New York team. So right. that's part of the reason why they're better. And the, the, the Braves are not spendthrifts, but they have very wisely, to your point, have locked up good players for a long time. Right. And – um. Also, you know, it could be like some scouting a la Tampa Bay, the Braves, but man, it seems like they're just rolling gold with these guys that are just calling up. You know, Michael Harris, they called him up from double A and he's hitting major league pitching. And then you got, you know, Von Grissom came up when our backup second baseman was out and he's hitting the ball. I mean, it's, it's a little, it's a little weird how these kids are just coming up and just tearing the cover off the ball. That's a hit or miss, right? Sometimes kids come up and they struggle. And sometimes kids come up again because, remember, all the scouting reports that, you know, scouts do now, well, if you're playing double-A ball and you come up, well, it it works both ways, right? But I think there's an advantage to a hitter, and I've always felt that because I don't know what what that batter's weakness is yet, right? Where do I pitch him? I mean, you, you still have some idea, but you don't know that. And so... Sometimes kids come up and for a little while till the league gets used to them, they really hit. And then they kind of come back to earth a little bit. But, you know, the, the, the Braves are one of the better hitting teams in the league. And here's what I mean. They don't have anybody in their lineup that's a 300 hitter that I can remember. But all their guys are like 270, 280, and in this day and age, that's like hitting 320. So that helps them. That's one thing that bothers me about this day and age. These kids are hitting 250 and hitting 25 home runs, and everybody loves it. And I'm yeah, like, that's, yeah, 
But you know, there's yeah. gonna there's gonna come a time though when you get in the playoffs and you better be able to bunt or you know move a runner along because uh, it isn't gonna be where you're gonna win with a three run homer all the time. Corey, I appreciate your call. Thank you, sir. One thirty time check brought to you by Hayes Shirley. Plenty of time for your calls. Love talking sports with the ESPN ninety eight one FM eight fifty AM WYUF. Live from Weimer Hall on the campus of the University of Florida, ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Atlanta has become known as the Hollywood of the South, and this got me thinking. Every movie or show follows a script that was written by an author. In life, we envision our own script and how we play it out from the beginning to the end. We see ourselves as the main character and our friends and family as supporting cast. But most of the time, our lives don't follow the script we had in mind. Did you know that God authored a story for you long before you were born? If life isn't going the way you had planned, isn't it possible that he is trying to get your attention so you can see his plan for you? God loves you. He's created you for a purpose. It begins with knowing Jesus as your Savior and Lord. Then you can experience all he has written and planned for you. His script is a whole lot better than ours. This is Bryant Wright, speaking right from my heart. For more on this and other topics, visit rightfromtheheart.org. Everybody's loving what's going on at International Diamond Center. It's a huge summer of savings event. Real relief from inflation and rising prices. How about rollback prices on all wedding bands? Right now, you take an incredible 25% off any wedding band at IDC. Keep more of your money with this best ever wedding band sale. And while interest rates are up everywhere else, IDC's got 0% interest financing. Right now, get two years, zero interest on any purchase. And we'll even cover your first two payments. Bottom line, Everything's more affordable at IDC, and our selection has never been better. GIA certified diamonds in all shapes and sizes, thousands of designer engagement rings, case after case of fashion jewelry from the world's top designers. Pick any item, divide by 24, and that's your payment. And as a bonus, IDC will cover your first two payments. It's IDC's Summer of Savings, your refuge from high prices and rising interest rates, now through the end of August at International Diamond Center. At Celebration Point, on approved credit. Hi, this is Dr. Luis Rodriguez of Exceptional Dentistry. Hear what our clients have to say about their experience at Exceptional Dentistry. I was really looking for some top-of-the-line dentists to you know, be under their care. I mean, from the first day I came here, when you walk in, they treat you just with the utmost kindness. I've never known dentist or any uh, health care provider in my life that has the compassion towards people that they do. It's just very well worth it. When you leave, you just feel great. But if you want good quality work and dentists that really care about you as a person and your, your health care like that, come to Exceptional Dentistry because they are exceptional. This is Dr. Luis Rodriguez, and if you think you have dental problems that are too big to overcome, we're here for you. Please visit us at ExceptionalDentistry.com. That's ExceptionalDentistry.com. From the UF Weather Center, here is your WRUF weather update. 
It has become much more humid out there. That's going to help heat indices to get into the lower 100s before storms really start to kick up and cool things down by the evening. Storms becoming scattered to numerous during the late afternoon, persisting through the evening, especially along the I-10 corridor, also eastward toward the first coast. Locally heavy rain rates and local flooding possible. I can't rule out a few damaging wind gusts today, too. In the UF Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Megan Borowski. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max. People with laptops, they want to be smart. No, I want to be I didn't portable. Say anything. I want to be portable. You have a phone. You got What's a phone, man. It's the same thing. Stop. A the, phone is a computer. It's the You're, same thing. The reason people are always on their phones is not a phone. Oh, it's God. a computer. It's I'm the taking same. technology advice from you, too. <laughs> it's the same thing. What is this tweeter thing? He, Jay, and Max. Weekday mornings at 6 right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Follow ESPN Gainesville on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Stay up to date with the latest information, interviews, stories, contests, and events. We are 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. Sports Scene with Steve Russell on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. I think it's fascinating when... Uh, when John asked the question about the most impactful play. I've gotten a lot of emails about that. I'm going to get some more calls about it, too, because I think it's very personal sometimes, right? You could look at it from a historical perspective. Greg says it was when the Peace Corps, Wayne Peace, and James Jones, one-handed falling backwards, caught the pass against a top-10 Miami team, the win let the world know Florida could hang with the tough and nasty Miami Hurricanes. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is personal in a lot of ways. Tony, how are you? I'm great. Uh, good afternoon, Steve. Yeah, the most impactful play that I remember actually being at the game was, I believe it was in 97, the Johnson to Quincy Green pass uh, against Florida State at the end of the game. Okay. That led to touchdown when we beat the, the number one uh, ranked uh, Florida State. That was very impactful. I'm, I'm sure that was that was the touchdown. But the next play, I believe, was was Fred Taylor when he scored. But uh, but that to me, that was the, the most impactful that I remember being at the game for. Yeah, and, and see, and I guess it depends on your definition of impactful. Okay, that was, and I'm not saying that's bad, but I mean that was impactful for that game, right? What did it mean? down the road uh, because that's why I think you know that a lot of people think during because if if Florida had lost that game who knows what would have happened I, I never have subscribed to that because of what I thought Steve Spurrier was going to do but in truth do we could it have gone sour had they lost that game maybe I don't think so but yeah you're right I mean that was an, definitely an impactful play yeah, impactful because it was, uh, I guess, for bragging rights because we had beat the number one, the the, the hated uh, number one uh, Seminoles at that time. But uh, but uh, the other thing I want to talk about was uh, uh, the the '69 team uh, mm-hmm. when Carlos Alvarez was talking about. Mm-hmm. John John Reeves, uh, of course, was the quarterback. He doesn't get as much notoriety, but he was a great quarterback. But uh, the thing that uh, and correct me if I'm if I'm wrong, but uh, didn't Lane Kiffin marry John Reeves' daughter? I do not know the answer to that. I believe he did. Uh, 
Uh, I'd heard that a long time ago. I could be wrong, but uh, if uh, any of your listeners know, know, know the true facts, I uh, just haven't called in. But uh, I believe that uh, he did. I'm not sure if they're still married, but I, but I believe that uh, Lane Kiffin did marry John Reeves' daughter. Well, uh, okay. We'll see uh, what we can find out. Okay. All okay. Right. Thank, Thank you. you. Appreciate Thank your call, you. Tony. Porter, you're up. Hey, see, that is that is true. I heard it several years ago. I, I didn't know I, it. I so. just uh, Googled it, and uh, yeah, and they married in 2004. Okay. Well, cool. Um, I'm gonna, I've got a, an answer to the, to the question. Most impactful single play, uh, and, and I, th- I think the, the tone or the, the, the point uh, behind it was as far as affecting the grand scale of things. Is that sort of the, the you know, not, not just one game, but, uh, you know, hey, how would, it, how would things have been without that one play? And uh, I'm going to go off the beaten path and go. It was the fourth down conversion by Texas over Nebraska. And because uh, we, we, we lost uh, to FSU the week before. We were in Atlanta, going to play Alabama. And, but, you know, it was just down. You know, because the year before we'd been undefeated and lost to Nebraska. Then the next year we had a great year and lost by three up in Tallahassee. And it was looking like it was going to be Nebraska-FSU for the national championship. And uh, John McAvick had a fourth-down conversion to seal the upset over Nebraska. And the, 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 all of a sudden, Atlanta became alive. And uh, I don't know how many people I saw in Atlanta going in. I was like, Texas just signed your death warrant. You know, it was, it was a totally different feeling. We, we still may have beaten Alabama and gone on and beaten whoever in the Sugar Bowl. But without that one play, we were locked out of the national championship. And uh, it would have been hard to get up for at best, uh, you know, a number two or number three finish. So I think as far as how things worked out, that one play might have been uh, as impactful as any other. Yeah, I mean, that's not a Florida play, but I get your point. All right, well, I'd like to hear what other people say and and join the topic. Porter, thank you. Appreciate the call. Um, Mike says uh, when players make uh, over a certain dollar amount from the NIL, they just have to pay their own way through school. What that figure should be, I don't know. Without universities, there wouldn't be stadiums or million-dollar facilities. One other negative aspect of NIL, I'm almost guaranteed graduation rates will go down. Being a college student and an athlete at the same time is time-consuming. Add to that a business on the side. Should I study for a test or shoot a commercial? What would most 18- or 19-year-olds choose? Mike, let me ask you this. Did you work in college? Did you work? I would argue that working a job in college would take more time than an NIL would. And I can personally attest to that because I had to. So think about that, right? So when you, the question is, should I study for a test or shoot a commercial? Well, how long does it take to shoot a commercial? Not long, right? And if you got to study for a test, well, if I have a job because I have to eat and make money while I'm in college, that arguably takes up more time than NIL does, arguably. And it depends what it is. So that's not that much different, right? When you're in college, you have to manage your time. I don't care if you went to college in the 20s, the 50s, or now. You have to manage your time and figure out when do I study, do I work, what do I do? That, that, that's been, you know, a thousand years. Mark says, 
Uh, he was 11 years old at the time. Shane Matthews to Harrison Houston, uh, to pull head of FSU in the swamp. He said, I'll never forget seeing that in person. Well, see, that's what's cool about something like that because sometimes your favorite sporting event might be where the particular play wasn't impactful in, in a championship way, but you remember it, or you met an athlete, or you did, you know, whatever that is. I'll give you an example. I, I never pitched to Roger Maris or Mickey Mantle, but when I got to meet them and take a picture with them and interview them, that was pretty impactful. But I didn't ever, you know, throw a ball with them. So it just depends on, you know, what your your perspective is. And I guess that's what also makes it kind of cool because it is a personal thing uh, in a lot of ways. 3928255. You can email srussell at wruf.com. Don't forget tomorrow, conversation with former Gator football coach Dan Mullen. You'll hear from him uh, over a wide variety of subjects. Jan is next. Hi, Jan. Yeah, hi. Uh, yeah, I don't know how impactful it was, what the fallout was from it, but uh, in the mid-'80s, Auburn here and Kerwin Bell rumbling into the end zone with a gimp leg at the uh, end of the game. I think, was Auburn number one at that point? I, it was a... mm, I don't think we're number one. Um, but, I mean, big game, no question. Yeah, anyway, so, uh, uh, yeah, anyway, that's... Uh, don't know how impactful, but it certainly was dramatic and uh, a big deal. Yeah, anyway, and, and it's funny you mentioned that word, Jan, because I think it's accurate, okay? Maybe, I mean, impactful but dramatic? You bet. Yeah. You bet. Okay, thank okay, you. Okay, thank you, Jan. Appreciate it. Uh, 144, time check brought to you by Hayes. Should be final segment coming up, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. From the College of Journalism and Communications, ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM, WRUF. Oh yeah, you can feel it. The hot Florida summer's upon us. And where do you feel it the worst? Well, in your vehicle, of course, unless you can reach over and dial in an icy blast of AC. If the air conditioning in your car isn't keeping you cool, take a ride and visit my friends at Dave Mays Automotive. And of course, AC isn't all they do. They can take care of your whole car, from brakes, tires, even engines and transmission work. And my favorite part is their honesty and work ethic. After all, there's a reason they've been in business since 1975. Take it from me, Steve Russell, there's no place else I trust my vehicle to. Located at 2905 Northeast 19th Drive and online at DaveMaysAutomotive.com. Dave Mays Automotive, they get the bugs out. Dave Mays Automotive, we get the bugs, all of them bugs, out of your car. One of the best things that's happened here over the past year is the arrival of QC Kinetics. QC Kinetics is giving relief every day to folks here with chronic joint pain. Using the latest advances in regenerative medicine, they harness the power of your own body's healing properties, like in your blood or plasma, concentrate them and apply to your affected joint. The results can be mind-blowing. These regenerative treatments are designed to repair and restore your damaged joint tissue with no drugs, no surgery, no side effects, no steroids, no downtime. 
The success rate is incredible, and they're growing fast. They started with one medical clinic. Now they have clinics in Gainesville, Ocala, and in the villages. Don't continue to live with that nagging joint pain. Discover the exciting all-natural, advanced natural options that we now have access to thanks to QC Kinetics. It's a free consultation. See what your options are. Call QC Kinetics now in Gainesville, Ocala, and the Villages, 352-400-4550, 352-400-4550. That's 352-400-4550. Airlines have just reduced their prices even more. Book 30 days in advance and save big. Want the absolute lowest prices on your airline tickets? Then call the low-cost airlines travel hotline right now. For prices so low, we can publish them anywhere. The only way to access our low rates and save up to 70% is to call. Save hundreds on your vacation tickets by calling right now. You can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. Sean Kelly, and you are listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell, right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. You know, when you do a live show like this, and you get asked, you know, was this, did this happen, did this happen? You know, I don't, far from know everything, uh, I looked it up, because I didn't think Auburn was number one uh, on Kerwin's play, because I was at that game. Uh, they were fifth ranked. In the country, and what people forget about that game is that Auburn had a chance because they tried for a long field goal and didn't make it. I mean, it had had I think it was a fifty-something yarder, which back then was not as commonplace as it is now. Bring Daryl to the show. Daryl, hi. Hey, good afternoon, Steve. Steve, my impact play is the 06 uh, Jarvis Moss block against South Carolina. Crazy thing about that game, Steve, it was back and forth and. At the end of the game, when it happened, I happened to look to my right where my wife sits. I said, well, where did she go? Well, Steve, she's down there between the aisles praying. Praying? Praying. Praying that we blocked the field goal. Okay. And I said, okay, well, your prayer got answered then, I guess. Yeah, I guess if that's what it takes. Um... She, she was on her knees in the aisle praying. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> I guess uh, praying helps. Yep. But, Steve, if that wouldn't have happened that year, it, you know, we probably wouldn't have played for a national title. Uh, yeah, probably. Probably. 
you know, because that game was back and forth all day, and you know, it just took Jarvis Moss blocking the, you know, field goal at the end. Well, that's you know, again, we have not seen. One of the things I'm really interested in with Billy Napier, I'm going to bring this up tomorrow. Nobody talks about this. Nobody. Florida special teams have not been special at all since Urban Meyer was here. Agreed. And I wonder if there'll be a renewed emphasis on that under this coaching staff. Anxious to see that. You know, Steve, think about it. We hadn't had a punt returner since Brandon James left Florida. I mean, really take it to the house. Yeah. Just, it's just not, I mean, I think they, well, I know because I was was at practice, they really worked at it. You know, they put a lot of emphasis uh, on, you know, special teams, whether it be running a punt back or a kickback or, you know, getting a turn block and a kick, you know, because I think people think in special teams, it's just like, you know, running for a touchdown. No, you can, as Jarvis Moss said, you can block a kick, you can block a punt that can, you know, a fake punt. Um, and that just was, that's not, and I was surprised under Coach Mullen that there wasn't more of an emphasis on that because, again, he coached with Urban for so long, but, you know, it didn't happen. Yep. Okay, Steve, have a great day, my man. Yep, Daryl, appreciate you. Thank you for your call. Mark says uh, two plays. Uh, Doring's got a touchdown. The other, when, as Porter mentioned, uh, when uh, Arizona State lost and allowed the Gators to play for a national championship. That's not an impactful play here. Was it an impactful uh, circumstance? Yes, certainly was. By the way, uh, I you know every once in a while I get emails from weird places that want you to do weird things. Um, well, um, bookies.com sent me something. They compiled a list of the top SEC football pregame destinations. Um, Now, this is way past my pay grade, but it's based from an algorithm uh, from multiple factors like location, tailgating, the entertainment around the stadium, and family Sentiment. In other words, is the area safe? You know, for kids. All right, Seth. Who do you think in the SEC is number one? Oh my. Oh, it's cheap to say Alabama, isn't it? Well, I'm looking now because when I got this, now it's not. Of course coming up where I can see it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and now I can't find it. Isn't that terrible? Um, but I'm going to try to find it again. But now I won't. Modern technology, right? You, They want you to go to it, and you go to it. There's nothing there. Um, Florida, though, I remember what Florida was. Ninth. Ooh. Ninth. Middle of the pack. Yeah. Um Vanderbilt was last. Oh, here we go. Here it is. Okay. So Alabama is not number one. Okay. Georgia. Okay. Uh, is number one. And they, they did this by location, tailgating, entertainment, and family sentiment. 
and the top score you could get for whatever the reason. Um, so they had 51 points. Number two, Texas A&M, followed by Alabama, LSU, Tennessee, Ole Miss, Auburn, South Carolina, and Florida. Florida got a one in tailgating. One. In other words, one isn't like good number one. One's bad. And that's what really hurt Florida. Because they got seven for entertainment and a nine for location, but they got a one for tailgating. That's, I mean, just based on the layout like Ole Miss in the Grove. And yeah. Alabama, but a one? A one. A, a, I mean, <laughs> yeah, she one. may not be the prettiest girl, but she at least makes the pageant. One. Uh, and Arkansas, next to last. Um, so, anyway, for, again, for what that's worth, uh, the best SEC pregame experience is Florida, number nine. Steve, welcome to the show. Hey, Steve. Um, I heard you talking earlier um, about significant plays that changed the course of Gator football history or something like that, and I had to jump off, so I don't know if you continued that conversation or not, but I wanted to – uh, let you know what I thought were the All right. significant points. So, actually, two of them came in the national championship game versus Oklahoma. I thought that that first hit by Major Wright uh, sort of set the tone for that game. Like you said, it's an early early in the game, but it set the tone. Um, you know which one I'm talking about, right? I'm trying when to remember that. Hit, but go ahead. Well, he... Uh, it was about a 30-yard pass that uh, to, to the Oklahoma receiver, and just as the ball got there, Major Wright came through, and I don't even know if that hit would be legal today, but he, the announcer said he went through the guy, and uh, that was right near the beginning of the game, and I thought that set the tone for Oklahoma because coming into that game, statistically, they were the greatest offensive football team in the history of college football, and they scored one touchdown against us in each half. So that play, and then the other one was near the end of the game when um, he had thrown, uh, Bradford had thrown a pass, and it was caught. But then uh, Ahmad Black came over and took the ball away from the receiver. And, you know, they were... I think it was like we were up 17 to 14. They were marching down the field to score the winning touchdown. He throws this really nice, about a 20-yard pass, and then Black just takes it away from the guy. And then we go on and and score and win 27 to 14. So I thought those two plays, you know, which gave us our second national championship, were were of great significance. And then the other one I wanted to mention is the fourth down stop at LSU which allowed us to win the East. I mean, I didn't think there was any way we were going to stop them. Four downs inside the 10, and that last one was incredible. So I think those two, and then, of course, you could say those two passes uh, against Tennessee. Uh, well, see, now, those two games. but what happens is now you're talking plays. Right. Right. Oh, i got to pick one. Oh, yeah, I mean, it, it was, <laughs> that was the, the most impactful play. Uh, for example, yeah, I think the, when okay. when uh, when Spikes hit Moreno, yes, 
that yeah. one play yeah, one. set the tone. That set the tone, and that was like the first run of the game, or one of the first. And yeah, so that one and the major right hit, those two set the tone early in the game. The others were at the end and won the games for us. Okay. But if I had to pick one, I would say the black interception because it resulted in a national championship. All right. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate the call. Yeah, Florida beating Oklahoma. And I think people forget that was a nip and tuck. It was 24-14 was the final score. And, again, that was a nip and tuck game. And Florida won that one um, with its defense. And, you know, when you look at the uh, the year that Florida had, uh, that Oklahoma offense with Bradford and others uh, who went on to play in the NFL uh, was pretty darn good. Um, remember, they had DeMarco Murray on that team um, along with Sam Bradford. And uh, wasn't Jermaine – I think Jermaine Gresham was on that team too. So, you know, it was a pretty potent Oklahoma offense that Florida's defense did a really good job with. On that note – uh, you've done a good job today uh, calling up and uh, talking sports with us. We appreciate you doing that. Tomorrow, a conversation with former Gator football coach Dan Mullen and then former Georgia quarterback Aaron Murray, now working for the SEC Network, is going to join us and talk a little SEC slash college football. Thanks to Seth Harp for producing today. We thank you for listening. You are listening to ESPN 98.1 FM. 8.50 a.m. WYUF. I'm Steve Russell. See you later. Gainesville, U251CG, Gainesville. From the Spurrier's Gridiron Grill Studios, we are ESPN 981 FM, 850 AM, WRU.